Welcome to the Family Fright Night Horror Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Family Fright Night Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Will. I'm joined today by author Mick Collins, author of Dick Wiggler and Other Useless Superpowers, Vera Malum, and Swan Dongs. Mick, how you doing? I'm doing excellent. How are you doing? Doing pretty well. Sweat my butt off. It's actually cold as hell here in Ohio, but for some reason, my apartment <laughs> is the hell hole. <laughs> yeah, well, we got the cold for you because I live in an old uh, row home and it's either way too hot or way too cold. So, Oh, yeah. Never the perfect. <laughs> oh, no, never. That doesn't exist. Where are you out of? I'm living in uh, Pennsylvania right now, just above Philly. Nice. I'm there like all the time for conventions. Do you do nice. uh, any of the shows that are out there? Like, uh, do you were you at the Living Dead weekend? No, I didn't make that one, unfortunately. Oh, uh, that was a pretty fun time. I got to see a bunch of people I never thought I'd get to meet. <laughs> I actually nice. had to meet uh, Bill Mosley there really briefly. It was right before oh, wow. the event started. So it was, I think, before he had his coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it was really cool, though. But we were talking about you today. So what is your favorite scary movie? I start every episode off by asking. And it sounds like a trick question because, oh. you know, us horror fans, we don't just have one. But if you had to pick, what would it be? Uh... Yeah, favorites, and, and that's a rough one. Um, I, I My favorite horror movie is probably my favorite movie of all time. It's going to be the original 1930s Dracula. Oh, yeah, that one's great. With Bela Lugosi? Yep. Oh, yeah. I'm a huge fan of the old, you know, the old classics. And that one, I don't know, I've always loved that one. All those old movies, the universal ones, that Frankenstein, Wolfman, Visible Man, those are amazing. And they still hold up, too. Yeah, I mean, some of the movies that that come out around that time, they're a little hokey, but those they stand, they stand up real well still. Mm. Do you watch any of the uh, variations on Dracula, like the Hammer horror ones? Oh yeah, yeah, the Hammer ones are fun just because they're cheesy in all the right ways, <laughs> um, and like uh, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, which is that's a classic in and of its own, and oh yeah, all all of them are just they're a lot of fun in their own ways. I think I'm seeing Bram Stoker's Dracula for the very first time in a couple of weeks because it's in theaters again. And that's one that I oh, completely really? missed. Yeah, I know Tom Waits oh, wow. is in it and I'm sold on it. Yeah. He plays. Yeah, uh, he's like, I mean, the acting in general is great. Oh, yeah. Who, who's the have in it? It has, but, um, what's his name? Gary Oldman. Gary uh, Oldman. Keanu Reeves. Yeah. And uh, I know Tom Waits uh, plays, uh, what's his name? Uh, his assistant. Renfield. Renfield. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he kills it. Oh, my God. He kills it. He kills everything he does. <laughs> you can have Tom Waits say That's one line true. in a movie. Yeah. He was, I, I well, need to see voice. it. It's that voice. Yeah. It's that gravelly, grainy. Like, I don't know how he does it, but there's something that's utterly charming about everything he does. Gargles with gravel type of deal. <laughs> well, so like the, uh, uh, in Mystery Men. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He played, um, what was it, one of the heroes who was auditioning or something? No, he was one. Of, he was like the mad scientist guy. They gave him all the weapons, <laughs> and he was such a weirdo. It was it was wonderful. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in so long, but I remember when it came out. It was I think I was like ten or something. It was really really good. That's one that I hope they never remake because it's just so great on its own. Yeah, it. it I think it's kind of anachronism of its own time. You know that that kind of late nineties, early two thousands area. Uh, whenever it came out, I don't even remember now. But yeah, that was what I think it should. It's the cast and everything. It should just stay as is. I think it's oh, fine. Yeah. They need to stop remaking movies. Period. I think. I think there are just too many yeah. remakes. 
it's nice having them once in a while, but it just seems like now that's all they rely on is remaking this, remaking that, you know, long, long after sequels. And it's fun once in a while, but I want some original content. I want something oh, yeah. new. Speaking of new, did you watch that new uh, Dahmer show on Netflix everyone's raving about? I haven't yet. I haven't. I'm weird when it comes to TV. We'll like binge things and then we won't watch them, watch anything really for a long time. So I haven't got to it yet. I want to, though, just because I like Evan Peters. I think he's a great actor. Oh, man, he's going to need like a mental health break after that show. (laughs) Oh, my God, it is dark. Like it that show gets on you like spilled coffee. It's just so much. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, we'll get to it. I never watch stuff when it comes out. It's always after like people have talked about it and gotten bored with it. I'm like, oh, okay. I guess I should watch that now. (laughs) That's the way to do it. I think because you don't have all that hype surrounding you. Like, oh, now I have to believe it's so great. Like when I see movies in theaters now, all I hear in my head is everyone telling me you have to enjoy this movie. It's so good. You will love it. Right. Like there's too much pressure. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So going back to 1930s Dracula, what is it about that movie that drew you in? Um, I think when I first watched it when I was a kid, it was just it was kind of it was different because it was old, you know, and it was something because it was old. It was new. But as I've watched it, the three billion times that I've watched it over the years, um, there's a certain style to it. And there's a certain sense of creepiness that. I don't think we appreciate because now, you know, the whole genre has done so many different things and elevated in so many different ways, but there's still this sense of, um, like creepiness and atmosphere to it. There's no music, you know, which movies usually had music and of course it coming off of the heels of the silent era, um, you know, that, that sense is still kind of there, even though obviously it's a, you know, it's a talkie, Mm -hmm. but um, there's wide open moments in it. Like for instance, when uh, he's in the castle, Renfield's in the castle and he sees Dracula as the bat and then he faints and the wives come in and Dracula shoes them off because, you know, that's his meal. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a lot of sound and it's just visual and motion and it leaves a space to where it's, it's actually a pretty impactful scene, you know, but then you get, you know, more active scenes, which, yeah, they might seem kind of hokey, but that's kind of the fun of it too. It's a fun movie, but it still has these areas that you can enjoy it for the horror movie that it is, even though in today's day and age, we're not going to find it scary. Mm-hmm. And that's it's kind of like it. Yeah, and it, to me, it's comforting. Like I just, it's a comfort movie. But all those movies are, I think, because there's there's no danger in them, but they still have all the atmosphere. Oh yeah, it's gorgeous atmosphere too. Like oh, yeah, uh, the set dressing and everything. It just still, it's it's amazing to watch. Like I think my favorite one of the whole bunch was Bride of Frankenstein for the opening scene. Just the amount of detail in it with uh, Byron and Shelley and all those guys sitting around. You've seen that one, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's one of my big comfort movies is Bride of Frankenstein, because it's the same thing for me. It's like it's this piece of time that you can still watch, you know, any point in history and it holds up. and It's just powerful still. Oh, yeah. I mean, that one, uh, the director, James Whale, he put so much intricacy in the sets and in how he wanted his actors to to do certain things. And I think I mean, not that. 
that movies still don't produce art. But I think back then, I mean, those were definitely art forms in their own right, um, whether they were recognized at the time or not. But mm -hmm. kind of back on reflection, there was definitely an art there. Oh, yeah. So about your writing, how do you start off when you're telling a story? Do you outline or do you pants? Oh, I'm a horrible pantser. Um, <laughs> it's, I, I try really hard to try and be organized, and maybe someday I will be. Because um, I'll, I'll do some basic rudimentary outlines. It's usually like, okay, these are certain elements I want in it, uh, certain actions that I like to get to. But usually once I write that down, I rarely go back to them. I just kind of here we go and go along for the ride. And there's some stories like my first novel, um, Night Shall Overtake. It started with me just putting some words together with absolutely no idea what or if I wanted anything at all. And it just kind of went. I had to actually go back and start organizing it just because I had all these different scenes that I was trying really hard not to make a big mess. So, yeah, I'm. I'm a horrible pantser, but I'll get organized someday, I swear. It'll happen. <laughs> if you could see my office right now, you would not think this guy is organized. <laughs> oh, my desk is a goddamn mess right now. <laughs> I cannot for the life of me keep a clean desk. I don't know what it is. If there is like space unoccupied in my desk, I will find a way to just have a mess there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Desks, I think, are just in their natural element, a mess. Mm -hmm. So what story of yours was the most challenging to write? Like, which one did you really have to stick to? Um, the most challenging, uh, that's a good question. Uh, probably in shadows of the wicked was the most challenging. Um, just because it took me like 15 years to write that one for one. Uh, but when I, I finally decided, okay, I'm going to just sit down and do it. I was going, I wanted to do too much with it and I wanted to take it in way too many directions. So reining it back, trying to get focus on it was probably my biggest challenge. But once I did, um, I really hit that, you know, finally hit that flow and it went. Mm -hmm. uh, but that probably was the most challenging for me. And I did have quite a lot going on in the story. It was a ghost story uh, about two brothers, but also dealt with like trauma. Um, I tried to address that PTSD, but then very take it in a very kind of Clive Barker-esque sort of direction where there's a sudden kind of turn in the story and so juggling all of that it was a little fun <laughs> it, it got a little much but uh, i finally wrangled it in and it turned out i was really pleased the way it turned out that's so rewarding when that happens when you spend like a long long time on a story you're trying all these different avenues you know you're taking things out putting things back in rearranging it and then it suddenly works like that is such a great feeling Oh, yeah. Nothing more rewarding. <laughs> yeah. And then you put it out there and everyone's like, uh, how long did this take you? Like a year or something? You're like, man, if only you knew. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, I was going to say with that one, I, I feel like I because it took so long, I lived a lot of lives to get to where it was. So I think that probably was part of the issue. Mm -hmm. What do you think some of the misconceptions are people have about writers? Um, I think the I think it's one of two things. It's one that we are actually very well and mentally stable and we just hammer out these stories just like it's nothing and i think on the other end they think we are all just absolutely demented deviants that are <laughs> out of our goddamn minds and just sit hunched in the dark over a, a keyboard um, i mean there's truth to both of those but you know 
<laughs> I don't think it's quite as extreme as that. I was describing um, an Edward Lee book to somebody the other day, and they're oh, like, had to what? Be oh, yeah. They're like, who the hell writes this shit? I'm like, <laughs> that is just the experience. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I was describing to the big head, and maybe that wasn't the first one I should have told him about. Yeah, maybe should have eased him in with something else. <laughs> maybe one of the haunted house stories, like a there black train or something. There you go. Do you have a favorite book? Of mine or just in general? Oh, just in general. Like, what book made you want to be a writer? Uh, you know, even though I don't read much of them anymore, Stephen King's It probably was one of the bigger inspirations for me. Um, It was just, I mean, other than the fact it's just a brick of a book, it was really well done. And I, I, one thing I will appreciate him is how he addresses his characters. Like you really get a sense for him. And that's what I wanted or what really kind of spurred me as a a writer. Just like, I want to write people, Mm -hmm. Um, which is weird because I feel like I'm more of a, a plot driven writer, but I, you know, I really, I like writing people and putting them in, just weird bizarre experiences so i think that was probably one of the biggest ones that influenced me and then a few years later when i really decided okay i've got to get serious with this was um lost souls by poppy bright i haven't read that one that one had a profound effect on me not only as a writer but just kind of as a person because it's a very it's a very queer vampire movie and it's also a very queer goth vampire movie. And I used to joke around that uh, that book made me both queer and goth. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that one, it's the atmosphere of that book it really hooked me. And I was like, okay, I want to write people. I want to put them in weird places, but I also want to give them this very tangible atmosphere too. So that was another one. Oh, yeah. What age did you start writing? I decided I wanted to be a writer. I was like 15 or 16. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And so I just kind of hacked away at it for a few years. Uh, Tried to get some short stories published. Didn't really happen. And then due to just life, I had some, you know, I got divorced and did some other things. I decided that I was going to stop writing for a while, concentrate on music. And I did that for five, six, seven years, something like that. And then I decided just all of a sudden I need to start writing again. And I did. And I decided, well, I need to, if I'm going to get serious about this, I need to start publishing. And then I got lucky. The manuscript I sent out, one of the first publishers I sent it to black bed sheet books said, yeah, we're doing this. And here we are. Do you ever get that feeling sometimes when you're like relaxing and doing anything other than writing? Part of you feels guilty, like I should be writing right now. Oh, always, always. In fact, I crammed this morning to get some writing in before this, so I didn't have that. Man, I should be writing right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just this horrible feeling. It's like, man, I just want to relax and watch TV for a bit, but that little voice is like, dude, why aren't you working? Get yeah, back to work. Exactly. <laughs> just like, you know what? You know what would be good right now? Writing. <laughs> Please, no, I just want to watch TV. It's like a healthy alternative to heroin, but just as addicting. Right. <laughs> just yeah, a constant nagging healthy. feeling. So uh, what movies are you excited about coming out? Because there's a whole bunch, like a slew of them coming out for Halloween season. There's that, what, Smile movie. There's a Terrifier 2, which I'm, I'm super excited about. What are you excited about? 
Um, you know, I I should be paying more attention to what's coming out because I know there's some good ones. But I for, I haven't watched like sat down to watch a horror movie in a long time, which I have no excuse. It just hasn't happened. <laughs> um, and there's so many really good ones I need to catch up on. But I did see the commercial for Smile a couple of days ago, and I'm looking forward to that one. That one looks creepy as hell. And that's like what I love more than anything, like Terrifier 2 and stuff like that. I still haven't seen the first one. I'm not much into the gore fests, but mm-hmm. if you give me a super creepy, creepy atmosphere, oh, I'm like a kid in a candy shop. Oh, dude, you have, I'm excited you get to watch it for the first time. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's like one of those fun. micro budget movies that works so damn well because the creepy character, the atmosphere, everything, it just works. It's beautiful. Yeah, like uh Smile Black Phone. I want to see. I've heard some good things about that one because it just seems like it's got a good atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, no. Smile's I'm, I'm, one uh I was surprised by. I didn't get to watch it yet, but I was I saw the commercial and I was like, there's no way this is gonna be any good. It's just one more, you know, October season movie that's gonna completely flop. And then I heard reviews. Everyone's like, dude, you need to see it. It's an amazing movie. I'm like, really? I'm excited now. Yeah, yeah. The the commercials were just like, okay, this has got my interest in it. And I don't know about anything about the story, but it seemed to have a little bit of um, a Fallen vibe. And I don't know if you remember the movie Fallen had Denzel Washington back in the 90s. I think I've seen that. Yeah, it's where like the spirit like would, t- you know, would go from person to person. And like, I don't like I said, I don't know, it kind of had that vibe for me and like that sort of creepy type of deal. Like I'm all about. Mm. So what do you have coming up next? So next up, I have a short story. It's a short story slash audio book on Godless for the 31 days of Godless. It's coming out on the 28th. It's called A Surprise Visit. And this is just it's a little story I wrote. It's a freebie, a little Halloween gift for everybody. Um, it's kind of a fun little story about going back to your hometown and the dead rise. So, you know, <laughs> zombies and, and, you know, got to love a good zombie tale. But every time I, I go back to my hometown, that's what I'm hoping is going to happen. <laughs> I think every time I go to my hometown, they are zombies, but that's <laughs> another, that's another thing. But, um, yeah, that's, that's really about all I have coming up at the moment, as far as anything with the date. Um, I know I've got a couple of uh, anthologies that um, well, one for sure that I know I'm going to be in, which they haven't announced anything yet. Um, actually, I take that back. Both of them haven't announced anything yet. So I'll just leave it to where I'm coming up in a couple of anthologies. Oh, nice. Um, and just right now I'm just working on a a novel and a couple of short stories for later consideration do you work on multiple things at once or do you have to kind of put things in their place um i'm usually working on a couple of things at a time uh usually it's like a big project and like a couple smaller projects um i when i came out with vera malum i decided i was going to work on shorter stuff because it's a novella it was my first novella and i had a lot of fun doing something uh, that size because usually i do novels or i do short stories and so with Vera Malum, uh, I decided, okay, I'm going to try this novella stuff out. And it's fun. Uh, that's why I also did Dick Wiggler and Other Useless Superpowers as a novella. But I love that, that title. One, that one wrote itself. That one just, <laughs> it was funny how it worked out because Vera Malum had just come out. 
and got on Godless and just getting into a writing community that I hadn't been into. And everyone's very cool and encouraging. And I got really inspired. And I'm like, okay, well, I want to write. What do I want to write? And I'm like, let's do a story full of dick and fart jokes. That sounds like a thing to do. <laughs> and so that's probably the most fun I had writing anything, though. Can't um, go wrong. Yeah, Vera Mellon was a lot of fun, just a good occult horror, but doing Dick Wiggler, it was just, I think it was the shortest time of writing anything. I had it done and edited in like a month. Wow. And it That's takes a quick me, turnaround. Yeah, and it takes me forever to write anything. And yeah, that one was just, that one, and that one, I have to admit, it was just for me, but everyone seems to really like it, so I'm glad. Sometimes that works out really well. It's like you write something just to entertain yourself and everyone's like, fuck yeah, I love it. I'm here for it. Yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with uh, entertaining yourself and, and it working. And plus, like my partner, she added a few jokes in there that were real bangers. So, you know, it's a little bit of a collaboration. There's always fun. <laughs> so where can everybody find you online? Are you on social media? I am. I'm on Facebook, uh, Mick Collins, even though I write mostly under Michael R. Collins. Um, it's under Mick Collins. Uh, I'm on Instagram. I need to get back onto TikTok. Um, I was doing some videos and I got lazy. MichaelRCollins.wordpress.com is my website. And that's got all my info, got all my books, all that. Um, it's also a good place to reach out if you're interested in, in signed copies of my books, because I usually have those on hand. Um, and I'm on Godless. Um, you can find a few of my titles on Godless, everything else on good old Amazon. And of course, like I said, you can reach out to me and let's see what other social media am I on? I'm on Twitter, but I never use it. So never mind. <laughs> Twitter is like a relic now. I don't think anybody yeah. uses Twitter anymore. I never could get, could get traction on Twitter. I, Twitter, I tried it. And uh, I just, I don't know. I, I think I can only handle so much social media at one time. Mm. Like I've got like, I can do like three pretty decent, but I had yeah, that fourth one in, something's going to get forgotten. Mm -hmm. Well, it's been great having you on the show, Mick. Thank you so much for coming in. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I was happy to be here. Yeah, it's been fun. I really love these conversations. Like I always learn something new every episode too. What was that? Uh, you said Lost Souls by Poppy Bright? Yes, Lost Souls by Poppy Z. Bright. I'm going to look that up. Yeah, it's a great one. And Drawing Blood, too. Um, that's the other novel that they did that, I mean, you just get sucked into them. I'll check them out. Well, awesome. Mick, thank you so much, man. You have a great day. Hey, you too, man. Thanks. Bye.